What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Never Made Varsity. I'm back. Glad Woo. to be here. My name's Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. And we're glad uh-huh. to have you back. <laughs> Thanks, bud. We're glad to have you back. Uh, my name is Dave Rivera. You can find me on Twitter at DRivera1222. It's been a pretty pretty good week. I'm ready for Thanksgiving, man. I'm ready for the mac and cheese. I'm ready for the turkey. <laughs> I'm ready for all of it. Indeed. But I'm happy that order restored. Welcome back, Colby. Yeah. By the way, it's your boy Maverick. Happy Thanksgiving Eve, week Eve, whatever. You can find me on social media at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. My name is Aaron. If I wasn't recording this podcast right now, I would be asleep on my couch for the night, and it is eight twenty eight p.m. Eight to eight represent. Eight to eight is great. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. Y'all did a good job last week. Thank you. Thanks. You're very welcome. There's something I was about to say, but I forgot. Oh, yeah. I saw, speaking of mac and cheese, I saw something on Twitter today that said if you don't like macaroni and cheese, there's a high possibility you're just eating cheese and pasta. <laughs> <laughs> there's a big difference. There is a huge difference. Get that craft mac and cheese out of here. Get away from here. <laughs> Get. How were y'all's last week? Happy senior day, Aaron. Thank you. Yeah, old as hell. It was very bittersweet. We'll get into the game in a bit because I actually wanted to talk about field hockey first. Because you mean the eight-time national champion field hockey team? Eight. Eight. Eight national championships. Exactly. The 51st for the University of North Carolina, a.k.a. the New University National Champions. Maverick and I both went to the game. Yes, uh, we did. Together. A quick pick stop after the football game. I did not go to the football game because I was not about to sit in the rain to watch us play Mercer. That just, <laughs> just wasn't going to be something that I partook in. But uh, our friend Adam picked me up on his way to Winston-Salem. Uh, I met Maverick there. Got there a little bit late. When I got there, um, Princeton was winning. And as soon as I got there, uh, we turned the game around. So, like, everybody, you are welcome. Like immediately uh, when Adam and Colby sat down and we scored. <laughs> And it was a five nothing run once I was in the stadium, so you're all welcome. Actually, actually, was that six unanswered? Six, yeah. Did we score another one? We we scored six in like that garbage. That's time. right. So we ended up winning the game six to one. Never in doubt. Even when Princeton scored first, so it was a fun game to be at. Very very nice crowd. I would say it was probably eighty twenty UNC. But naturally, if Princeton's all the way up in New Jersey. Where it was, the stadium was at Wake Forest, about an hour away from Chapel Hill. So naturally, it was going to be a pretty pro UNC crowd. For sure. But the Heels got it done. Good to add another one to the trophy case. Shout out to Coach Shelton, the nicest coach I've ever met. All the entire team, the senior class, where they're 
there's been on record to say like at the beginning of the year they really had a, a bit of a identity crisis just with some of the past players leaving the team and just kind of what they were going to be able to pull off this season and for them to go undefeated for the second year in a row being 46 and 0 I mean hats off to them you know what I'll say it if you're having an identity crisis and still go undefeated you're a pretty damn good team <laughs> I, I feel like that's the least in this in this week of controversial Twitter opinions, I feel like that's the least controversial opinion that I've heard. <laughs> with all these food takes, with all these hot food takes, couldn't be more proud of the team. Yeah, proud to be a Tar Heel. That's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. So, how, how many national championships is that? Fifty one. 51. 51 for the universe. Okay, so for- I saw that 51 figure, but last year the figure was 44, and we haven't won seven since then, so I'm confused. I think they've- It might be 44 uh, NCAA championships. That makes sense, because I saw on that Barstool video that it included a couple ITA championships. I was going to say Which ITAs. I do think count, but those are different in a sense. It also counted the Helms championship from 24. Got it. But national championships all the same. I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Every Carolina student who's been here for four years since 1977 has seen at least one Carolina championship during their time at Carolina. And that means that those original students are 60. That's pretty That's impressive. <laughs> and then their state. <laughs> <laughs> They're good at bass fishing. Let's talk football carolina football to be okay specific. let's do that first please <laughs> yeah let's talk uh it was a good game yesterday against mercer again a game i did not go to because i was not about to sit in the rain to watch unc play mercer that was not going to be part of my saturday i mean I that's went. fair i was trooper hey it could have been worse it could have been a hurricane oh god i actually had not fun again. i enjoyed it even during the rainy parts, I had fun. So like I said, we've dealt with a hurricane. Yesterday was nothing compared. To exactly. That. So that was a little what sprinkle. Was the, what was the feel uh, for you, Aaron? How how was it knowing that it was your last? It was your last ride. It felt really weird. I think that's probably part of why I had so much fun. Ah. Is because I said to myself, "I'm gonna enjoy this. I'm gonna savor every moment, no matter what it's like." Because I knew that was, other than our bowl game that we're going to have after we beat State this week, that was the last time that I'm going to have this type of experience as a participant. <coughs> yeah, that was kind of my feeling for my senior day. I was just, I, wa- I wasn't sad really at all. I was just like, I'm just going to use this day and live it up my last game in Keegan Stadium. Oh, I was student. sad, but I also lived it up. I had no, a lot I- of fun. I didn't cry the last time in Keenan. I did cry really hard my last time in the Dean Dome. Oh, that was a rough game, though. It was a rough game, but that was the <laughs> Miami buzzer beater. That was the Miami beater. game, right? Yeah. I, was le- I was less upset about the buzzer beater. I was just more upset that it was my last game. I feel like generally I do a good job of staying stoic in light of negative emotions when I am performing. And I did cry once, but it was at a point where I was able to let my guard down. And it was at a point that surprised me. 
always on guard. Gotta watch I your six I am boy. always on guard. I let my guard down during the football senior video and the national anthem, and that's when I cried. <laughs> Those America tears. <laughs> Those America tears. <laughs> the tears of freedom. No, that makes sense because it's like you're not conducting anymore. You're just kind of standing there, and it's like, oh, this is it. Exactly. I, I was standing there, and I think I just felt the weight of the moment. I did get a little emotional at other times, like when I sang Hark at halftime and at rehearsal for the last time. No but, one did the trot, yeah, I, by the way. What? No one took their band helmet and did the trot. Oh, I know, yeah. I was upset. Well, we we didn't wear shakos. We just wore ball caps. So just so put your instrument up, you yeah. heathens. <laughs> but I have noticed the football team hasn't really done that that much this year either. Got to bring it back. Hey, it starts with you. <laughs> <laughs> to borrow a phrase. Uh, yeah, I, I if I remember... I think I was more emotional during rehearsal than the game. I think that's surprisingly. Fair. I wasn't emotional on Thursday when I walked out of my last like regular marching band rehearsal ever. That surprised me, but I was emotional at the end of rehearsal on Saturday because we ended rehearsal with the whole band singing Hark the Sound after uh, Mr. Fuchs gave like a speech to the seniors and gave out our flowers. That was emotional. And I got a little, I got chills multiple times throughout the day. Like I got chills when I conducted the blue and white for the last time. That's a good and one. I, yeah. I let, I let it marinate a lot and that gave me chills, but did not cry on the ladder while conducting only while just standing there awkwardly. So let's do away with the sappy and get into the football. Yeah. Masculinity. No emotion. <laughs> hitting. No emotion. <laughs> Sports Hit ball. somebody. <laughs> Hit somebody. There was a part. There's a point in this game when uh, Sam Howell threw touchdowns on three consecutive passes. That's just. He, that's silly. I did not realize that. <laughs> that's just silly, dude. <laughs> he. Listen. I did not look I like I said what two weeks ago I was pretty confident that we were going to beat Mercer but I did not expect us to jump on them like that because we haven't jumped on anybody like that this season so I think it was good preparation from the coaching staff and good focus from the team to go out there and dominate literally from the first snap and go ahead and put that one away early I think that showed a little bit of something we haven't seen out of this team this year. Uh, Mav, what do you think? I mean, I was shocked too. Cause I mean, even in years past, like when we played Western Carolina, other FCS teams we played in like Delaware, things like that, where they, we ultimately were going to win, but they were still a little more competitive than they needed to be. And so this was one of the first times in a good while where it was a, Absolute slobber knocker, as they say. Um, <laughs> there is absolutely not a doubt. Who says that? Jim Ross? Jim Ross. <laughs> uh, David. 
I the, somebody quote tweeted about the game, and they were like, "Sam Howell's the next Mitch Trubisky," and I was like, "I mean, he as a freshman is doing what Mitch Trubisky did as a junior, redshirt redshirt yeah. junior." Sam Howell's ceiling is so high. I'm so excited to see what he does. Now, this is barring injuries. Like, obviously, like, injuries can derail anything. But assuming that he stays healthy, I feel like this team is in a really good position to move forward for the future. Now, nobody wants to hear that because we have a state game next week. And quite frankly, I'm, like, really clenched about it. Like, I'm really (laughs) nervous about it. Less nervous because State lost to Georgia Tech, which, by the way, what the heck, dude? (laughs) What the (laughs) heck, State? What are you doing? But... Still, I'm still nervous about it because I think a postseason would do a lot for this group and this university. And if we win a bowl game, that reinvigorates a lot of things. Football, Imagine on the, football the side. energy around the program. I, I do the energy. <laughs> I think, though, that I agree that on paper, a bowl game win will help a lot. But I think it depends on who it's against because I've seen two main predictions for where we end up in a ball game is one, one of the is bad in the, boys one uh, is in, no, not one is not in the bad boy mowers gasparilla bowl unfortunately ah, okay one is, in the, one is in the independence bowl against unc charlotte oh the my other God, is in the quick what? lane bowl against michigan state i think a, a win against michigan state would do good for our program but who's really going to care about a win against charlotte no, no offense it, to the Niner Nation. Me, because uh, my I will never hear the end of it. If we if, lost. <laughs> oh, my God. If we lost UNC Charlotte, my dad and my sister went to UNC Charlotte. I it, would never hear the end of it. it I'd would rather be, play Michigan State. It would be my hell. <laughs> Niner Nation. It would be actually terrible. Like, all the UNC Charlotte people who are Carolina basketball fans would turn immediately. <laughs> I'd rather play Michigan State. I'm Feels- tired of playing against state teams. We've played, what, four this year? No more. <laughs> Feels bad, man. But if we if if we beat State and if we beat Charlotte, we end up with a winning record in state this year. <laughs> but we have to go to Shreveport the day after you have Christmas. To go to Shreveport. <laughs> I don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to Shreveport (laughs) on December 26th. Let that marinate for a second. Listen, I'm happy to go to a bowl game, but Shreveport. I did not go to the Quick Lane Bowl uh, when we went our first year because I think the departure date was on Christmas. And I was like, I'm I'm not going to to leave my house on Christmas to go watch a football game somewhere colder than here. You would be even though it's in a dome. Because I boarded that bus on Christmas Day, had, did all my Christmas festivities before, and I had Christmas dinner in a McDonald's in West Virginia. For that sounds fun. We lost to Rutgers. We lost to Rutgers. Did you enjoy Detroit? It, it, what's the thing? The true lesson that was learned was the friends made along the way. <laughs> Hey man, nothing is going to be as bad as or a brutal football game. The trip was fun. The football game was brutal uh, when we played um, Baylor. Yeah, 
No, the going to Orlando vastly outweighed that, though. I'm fine giving up the most rushing yards ever, <laughs> but being able to go to Disney for free, free park hopper passes. Yes, that was pretty dope. And we got Not a cool picture out of it. Or anything. We got a cool picture out of it. Yes, that from the electric parade. Yeah. Oh yeah, that picture is still like my. Oh no, it's not my background on Twitter anymore because I'm still disgruntled. Uh, <laughs> anything else from from Mercer? It was, I mean, it was just a, a straight up beat down, top to bottom. Uh, big development was that Daz Newsom didn't play. He did yeah. oversleep and right. missed a practice this week. You could call it nitpicking, but that's what you have to do if you want to start being a successful program. It's kind of having that kind of standard where, even if it's an accident can't let that kind of stuff slide. And they, I think it was also more thing where they didn't really need Daz this week. And so they could have, would have been able to do that. Well, teaching a lesson while not jeopardizing the team. Yeah. I, I sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go for it. Dave. I was going to say that I tweeted it out. That same thing is like, if we want a, a culture of accountability, then these are the kind of things that need to happen. And I do y'all feel like Larry Fedora would have done something like that? Probably not. I am surprised that this hasn't happened yet this year because they practice at six in the morning. I'd sleep through every practice. <laughs> There's no way I'd be able to keep up with that. Other thing was a lot of good a lot of our like younger players really got some great playing time this game. Because we basically sat most, if not all, the starters at the second half because we had just managed to put it away. By that point, we were already up 42 nothing. So I think some other like star people, I think is Vahasic, who is one of the defensive linemen, defensive ends, played really well. Josh Henderson, our true freshman running back, almost had 100 yards in the second half. British Brooks, I think the best-named player on the team. Had a touchdown. Storm? Have Come you on. forgotten about Storm Duck? Okay, Storm Duck is pretty good, too. Ohio State has a player that is up there as well. Their backup running back's name is Master Teague. <laughs> so, and even Storm got an interception. Yeah, but that, that was, a con- it was kind of a dumb interception because it was a fourth down. You yeah, swat that ball down with 30 yards further up. Catch it because yes. it had, but... I feel like we scored We're on that drive, Mercer, so we just got, let him got more it. yards. <laughs> so. So, so, yeah. A lot of positive. I think it's a good confidence builder. I think going forward, the we should probably start weeding these kind of games out, I would say. Mainly because just as you Why? become a bigger program, or at least putting them in this spot. If Alabama gonna, still does it. Why can't we? Well, we, we don't have the credibility that Alabama has yet. Like I said, in a situation where if we have the 11-1 season, if we had – and we did it. That's what happened. Where I think that minus the one loss, it was – they kept saying that we were playing two FCS teams that weren't going to give us a strength of schedule to put us in the playoffs. So we Alabama can do it because they've already won championships and they're already – they've reached the top. But for teams on the rise – that's going to be the first thing that playoff adjudicators will say. I disagree. I think we can have one. I think it's unacceptable to have two. And I think it's going to be 
a situation like, oh, was it Virginia? Yeah, Virginia Tech we were talking about earlier this year before they made the switch to Hendon Hooker, and they've gone on a bit of a tear since they made that switch. But Virginia Tech had two FCS teams on their schedule, which was looking to keep them out of a bowl because only one of those can count towards bowl eligibility. I think if we keep it to one a year, we'll still be fine. Even in our best year, they won't count that against us. I don't know why we... But provided we have a strong strength of schedule outside of the FCS game. And not not necessarily not playing any FCS teams at all, but I don't know about this position. Put it in the first three weeks of the season because it's supposed to be a confidence builder to kick off the season. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying. Because like this late in the season, it serves like little to no purpose. Like you're gonna have you're having your tune up game <laughs> a week before the end of the season. You know, it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me. Counterpoint is a bit of a de facto bye week. Yeah, where because you, you play, play a second string in the second half. That's true. Also, speaking of second string, is Jace Reuter still hurt? Yes. Okay, because he didn't see the field, and I was confused. Yeah, he was not dressed on the sideline, and Amendola is the one that came in. Yeah. Also, I know that we shouldn't read much into it because, like you said, it's basically a bye week, but Michael Carter is something else. He had 159 yards and three touchdowns on nine carries, including a 60-yard touchdown run. It was, I don't know. Yeah. I was just gonna say that it's. It, I didn't realize that Antonio Williams and Michael Carter both only had one rushing touchdown in, or sorry, this entire season, and it that tells me two things: one, that's a really crazy anomaly with how much we run, and two, our red zone offense is ewe. Well, it's it's a little anomalous and a little explained because remember the South Carolina game, we were complaining about them only running in the red zone, especially in the first half of that South Carolina game. They kept running in the red zone. At one point, it was like first and goal of the nine. We ran the ball three times and kicked a field goal. Uh, after like the second half of the Miami game, we started really throwing the ball and it worked in the red zone and they kind of have not gotten back to running in the red zone. Max said yeah. some, he wanted to work on red zone play calling this week and I, I don't know how much you can take from a game like this, but we were able to run or we did mix in some runs in the um, red zone and goal to go situations, which might come in handy next week. Speaking of next week, uh, Maverick, just really quick. What you, what do you think is gonna happen? <laughs> We're gonna get uh, UNC Raleigh's A game. No matter how battered they are, no matter the fact that they are not bowl eligible, uh, no matter how not great of a team they've played so far this year, they're they're going to give us their best game. And so we still have to be very focused. We have to come out and I we need to play like we play Mercer. We need to put it out quickly take all the M word out of their crowd hmm. and and just end it. Make sure that's well out of reach and just play it and finish it. They're so injured at the, at the DB position that if we don't annihilate them through the air, it's going to be an embarrassment. Like I realize that we want to run, but there are so many deficiencies in that, in that, secondary that we need to throw the ball because 
if Daz knew nobody on that secondary from when I was watching it them play Georgia Tech, nobody can keep up with Daz Newsom, Deami Brown, or, or Bo Corrales. Like nobody mm-hmm. matches up. But the the key is gonna be getting stops because our defense still didn't look great against Mercer. <laughs> so that'll be the key, I think. I don't think offense is gonna be the issue. Yeah. On paper, I don't think that we should be that afraid of this game. But this isn't a game that shows up on paper. This is, for at least one side, a rivalry game. And for the other team, a game with the season on the line. To wait, to quote Colby, the records, chuck them. <laughs> chuck one record. The other record does matter. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to understate how... I don't want to overstate how bad Georgia Tech is, whichever one of those works um, is the one I mean. Uh, Georgia Tech's really bad. They lost to the Citadel. <laughs> They're not <laughs> a good team. Uh, we should not be afraid of this game. We should go into this game and dominate start to finish, honestly. I, we know that doesn't. That's, we know that's not going to happen, though. Come on. We, it's probably do, not. We've, we've done this too long, Colby. <laughs> yeah. It, it, We've done this too long to think that's going to happen. That's what should happen. I, if, I think if we get to, if we're able to get to Leary, if we can, <coughs> if our pass rush gets home and we can get the quarterback down, I think that goes a long way in um, making this game go expeditiously in our favor. <coughs> so I get in the rally and get out with that win and go ahead and figure out where we're going for our bowl. All right, let's move on to the NFL. Uh, let's see who to start with. Uh, I mean, you. I guess we can talk about the Dolphins and Browns first. The fish tank is still successful. I mean, this is basically another bye week for the Browns. Not much to say about it. Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, the second half of the Browns schedule is remarkably easier than the first half. Yeah. Odell Beckham finally caught a touchdown. Baker actually looked really good. Jarvis and Odell looked good. Kareem and Chubb both looked really good. Yeah, even with a depleted, injured-slash-suspended defense, we still looked really good. That's that. I didn't get to chime in on the suspension of Give us your take last week. Uh... I think it's a lot overblown. People said that we've never seen something like this before. That's not true. Um, I've seen many clips of people swinging of people swinging their helmets at each other, and none of them have ended in a indefinite suspension. Uh, I honestly thought it should have been reduced. That's my. I honestly, I genuinely think it's because of the optics of uh, Mason Rudolph already having had a bad concussion this year. And then, yeah, like, and like it's all it was on that. Thursday night, right? It was, if it very... was on a su- if it was at one o'clock on a Sunday, he gets three games max. But because it was on a Thursday night, everyone saw it, and it was the only NFL for three days, so people had time to let it marinate. There's probably something to that. Yeah, there is. Titans. Now, wait. Before we move on to that, I want to hear your thoughts, uh, Aaron. So. Hmm. The the Browns fans that are using a helmet to break open a Mason Rudolph piñata. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. 
Of course you do. Okay. <laughs> do you do you not think it's hilarious? I think it's funny, but also really, really out of pocket. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like, like I I'm think not. It's a, hard to not laugh at that. Like I'm not a snowflake, but like it was a little bit. Of, it was a little <laughs> bit uh, tone deaf. Just a little bit. <laughs> Listen, I have diminishing sympathy for Mason. Do you know who my father is, Rudolph? Yeah, I'm. Listen, I'm not trying to defend him. He looks. He looks like he's gonna stick the lawyers on me. But <laughs> in fact, we should stop talking before we get sued for libel. Uh, Maverick, Titans, Jags. Yeah, a nice interdivision, intradivisional match, I should say, and. The Titans and the Jags do not like each other. Particularly, Derrick Henry does not like the Jags for some reason. If y'all turn the clocks back a year, Derrick Henry ran the longest touchdown run in NFL history on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he did almost the exact same thing today, and he ran a big old 74-yarder and trucked and stiff-armed about three people on the way to the end zone. And it was, a, I think, as hopefully as close to a get-right game as possible, um, we won forty-two to twenty. Ryan Tannehill is good? Question mark. He's not bad. He, he's two touchdowns, and he ran for two as well. So, I mean, I, I I can't only be happy from here. I mean, I think this definitely puts us closer to being in playoff contention, at least at this point. Um, and so, and it also helps to get a, a divisional matchup win because we already lost to them earlier on in the season. We still have to play the Colts a second time, who just happen to, who just have our number. And so, but we're over 500 again, so can't complain. Good, good. I think teams, I think the coaches need to run Tannehill more. I think that would open up a little bit more for the offense. I mean, having a running threat as, at quarterback Helps offenses like so, he so and much. he did a big old jump. He ran for a twenty yard touchdown and like hopped over the goal line. Yeah, he he's athletic. What do you know? He's an NFL player. <laughs> Let him run. Exactly. Unleash him. Uh, David, don't don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking into the camera. But talk you him off you, the ledge, Colby. Talk me off the ledge. Don't know what Colby's gonna say, David. Stop caring about Charlotte sports teams because they only bring you heartbreak. And, you know, he's right. But I can't – it's like I can't stop. It's, I can't just – I can't just stop. I've put so much emotion into this team and they disappoint me so much. <laughs> it sucks. Listen, walking out of that stadium last week before Kyle Allen threw his fourth interception of the day, that is – um. That walk down the ramp. Uh, <laughs> by the time I got to the bottom of that ramp, I had no more care left in me. <laughs> I feel that. It it was all sucked out um, by that long walk from the 500 section. Uh, they put up a fight today. Good for them. Moral victory. Yay. Listen, I just want to say this is the one of the last things I'll say about Kyle Allen because I... I don't think there's a lot more to, for me to say that hasn't already been said. This isn't his fault. No, it's, it's not it wasn't. his fault. He's the way that he is. 
And it's not his fault that people talk about him the way that people talk about him. Uh, and he's out there doing his best. I would and I would say that today's loss is not on him. Like he no. he did his job. He threw three touchdowns. We he, we looked. Okay. He had a good game. Yeah. Uh, no, this loss is. I mean, I don't. I rarely put losses on one person, but like Joey Sly, my guy, dude. Two missed extra points. You hit a 50-yarder, but you missed two extra points and a chip shot field goal to take the lead. We had yep. – I just want to take this time to point out that we had Harrison Butker on the squad at one point. Sure did, and we cut him. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. Listen, I, like I said, I, I'm kind of checked out of the season. I'm not going to, like, stop watching the games, but I'm not going to let – I will not let them hurt me. Well, the season's pretty much over now, so it's yeah. There's no, there is zero playoff hope. So, season's over. Pack it up. Start the buses. Tank for someone. I don't Anybody even know what the draft needs are tank for head. Coach. Tank for Chase Young. We couldn't get that I'm... high. Tank for Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> uh-huh. Tank for Sam Howell in no. two years. Uh, let's, what else is it? Did anything else interesting happen in the NFL today? The Patriots beat the Cowboys. Um, Seahawks beat the Eagles. Um, the Niners and Packers are playing as we talk. The Redskins beat the Lions. Right. Yes. That is true. The Lions are not good. We thought they were good. They started 2-0. They've won one game since. They're the best bad team. Yeah, Matt Patricia's still a fraud. <laughs> Him and his laminated score or playbook and play card with his pencil. <laughs> Houseway. Houseway. Okay. <laughs> Let's go basketball. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, David. I think there's another ledge I have to talk you down off. <laughs> no, it's more. It's more of the. It's more of the. Uh, it's more of the Panthers than the Hornets. I'm less emotionally invested oh, no, in the Hornets. Oh, different, no, different lads, I think. I was talking about Elon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Elon. Oh, you're talking about college basketball. <laughs> yeah, talk me off this ledge. <laughs> there are David, multiple ledges. No, there are different November levels 20, to the ledges. It's November 24th, Dude, and you are ready to hit the panic button. We do this I'm not every ready year. The, I'm not ready to hit the panic button. All I'm saying is that this team... Stinks on the offensive end. Like, You're not ready stinks. to hit the panic button, but you at this point of the season usually inch toward the panic button. You are sprinting Correct. towards it right now. <laughs> no, I listen. My hand is hovering. I haven't hit it yet. All right. <laughs> I understand my faults and I accept them. And I am dramatic. I understand this. I. It's one of my personality traits. It's fine. But still. I think there are three <laughs> takeaways from the Elon game. Four. Number one, we need to stop coming out flat in the first half. It's going to come back to bite us when we play a really good opponent. Like, like next week? Gonzaga <laughs> or <laughs> Virginia or Ohio State. Or Gonzaga again. Yes. Yeah. Number two, it, Christian Keeling, you were right about him, Colby. That's the third week in a row y'all have said that. Yeah, I just want to emphasize it. That is what I think about him. Number three. Cole Anthony messed around and nearly had a triple double on a bad night. Yeah. And number four, 
Armando has Bryce Johnson potential. He like that really was a good. Bryce Johnson senior year game that he had in his fourth, fifth game in Carolina blue. He has like a, a really good baby hook, like <laughs> a really good baby hook. So to see that he's like that, he's got some post moves that young is really good. Um, yeah. And he, and he fights on the boards, which Roy loves. Um, yeah, Cole and Armando are going to be awesome for us. I think as long as Armando can stay healthy, um, I think he'll be really solid. Garrison Brooks, I love dearly. He's not always the greatest on the offensive end, but he is just defensively. It seems like he's the defensive leader of the team. I don't know if y'all agree with yeah. that, but I would say so. Um, my concerns come at the like guard, like two guard, three, and the wing position, the two and three positions, because like we're not getting anything consistently from Keeling. We're not getting anything really from Pierce consistently, but he's also not getting that many minutes, which is kind of weird. Like Playtech is getting more minutes than Pierce, um, or at least it seems that way. I don't know if that's accurate, but um, and um, who else am I trying to talk about? Christian Keeling, we've already talked about. Um, leaky, uh, leaky, uh, leaky. I don't really have that much of an issue with. He's just not. He's just not a good like per, like dynamic scorer. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a good facilitator. Yeah. He's more of that Theo Pinson type. I was going to say he's Theo. He's that Theo Pinson type. And we were, we were just, hoping he would be more than Theo at this point. Right. We're, I think we were hoping he'd be closer to senior year Theo and he's not quite there yet. Yeah, that's accurate. I, I am just concerned. Like defensively, I think they'll get there. Like I think this team can get there defensively. I just like seeing the lazy passes into the post, like which I know y'all are be like it's November, but just like watching offensive sets where dudes are literally running into each other for like the third week in a row. It's like, all right, when are we gonna fix this? When is this gonna stop? I mean, yes, but if you watch other teams play, it's not like we're behind the curve per se. Like we I, I think don't look good. You watch that Duke Georgetown game? Good. Yeah, <laughs> I did not. They looked rough. Did you in the watch the Kentucky half. Evansville game? I did watch that one. That one was funny. Did you watch the next Kentucky game at home where they almost <laughs> like, got beat again? <laughs> listen, no. do we look like a Final Four team at this point? No, but I don't think any team looks like a Final Four team at this point in the season. I just don't understand. It's what November twenty fourth. We, we do not need that number five ranking. Like I genuinely. Like, I don't see – well, I know why we're number five, but because we started out and we're not going to go down unless we lose. But um, this next week I think is going to be more telling with the – I think they're in the Bahamas now, right? Yes. Yeah, they're, they are in the Bahamas now. They're for the Battle Speaking for Atlantis. Of, did you see that the Bahamas tournament this weekend, they played in a ballroom? I'm sorry, yeah. what? They played in a ballroom. No, I did not. A legitimate reason. It's because the gym that they were going to play in is being used as emergency housing still. But I still find it kind of funny that they're playing in a hotel like conference room. I've seen that before. That's the first I'd ever seen of it. Yeah. How many people did it fit for? Like seating zero on the side that on the picture that I saw on Twitter zero because it was just like. The benches and the scorers table on one side, and that was it. I think that was the Bahamas tournament that High Point went to last year. I want to know, so were they playing a basketball game in a room with like a giant chandelier at center court? <laughs> someone someone needs to shoot a moonshot and hit it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> 
trick but, shots are double points. Like I said, so, I, I'm, I, I'm, I am just concerned about secondary scoring. Now, will some of that get fixed when Brandon Robinson comes back? Yes, it will. Will it be a little bit better with Cole Anthony playing all these numbers of ungodly minutes when we get Anthony Harris back? Yes. But I'm just saying that it's looking concerning. Which, I mean, Roy, Roy, we might get to a point where we need a Patino game. Where, I mean, Roy already hit on it, but like, uh, Coach Williams was like, Joel Berry is not walking through that door. Marcus Page is not walking through that door. Bryce Johnson is not walking through that door. And I, it might take one of these games in the Bahamas for this team to see that. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's less about the overall team. It's more the fact that we have the pieces and it's not gelling. Like we have, we're four games in. We've had four close games, and we've had no games where we've scored over eighty in a Roy Williams offense. That's concerning. Yeah, tempo needs to be higher. Absolutely, tempo needs to be higher. So I actually don't know what our tempo numbers are. Maverick, where are you thinking about the season thus far and looking forward? I, I'm not going to evaluate things until at least we get Brandon Robinson back and see, and also a couple of games into Brandon Robinson playing just to see how ultimately his leadership and his scoring will help stimulate, I think, things on offense. I think also it's important to wait until at least one of the freshman guards comes back, either Anthony Harris or Jeremiah Francis, to see how they can help uh, counterbalance Cole once he's off on the bench. So I right do think it was good of Coach uh, in the last two minutes of the Elon game this past week to take out Cole and put in KJ to simulate a late-game situation where Cole fouls out. I thought that was a really smart situational practice that he did so right now we are 33rd in in adjusted tempo which is low for a Roy Williams team but is also higher than the top 34 teams according to Ken Palm so yes we are playing slower but it looks like everyone's playing slower our slow is still faster than people's regular tempo right yeah but listen with the 33rd um tempo we are shoot we are 13th in adjusted offense which is it's good it's very good offensive but rebounding it just feels like, mean, rebounding is still a plus this year as it always will be yeah i'm worried more about mm-hmm. it, like how efficient can this team be you with their possessions correct all right Let's see what else we have on the docket. I just realized I just realized I accidentally hit the mute button on Skype and nobody heard what I said. But I was saying I, I was just saying how efficient can this team be with their offensive possessions? Because that's that's the thing that I'm kind of looking towards. That's at the core of my issue. That's it. Because like in my head, I'm looking towards Virginia and how they're like keeping teams to under 30 a game. And it's like, how are we going to value our possessions against a team? that every possession matters. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think I think it's two parts. The first part being, like you said, taking care of those possessions that we get. But the second part being, we're it's not like we aren't getting open shots. We, we are. are. We are. And we just need those to start falling. And then we'll be cooking a little bit. 
Anything Let's, anything else happened in college basketball that's noteworthy? That's noteworthy? Not really? I haven't heard anything either. Anything from y'all? It's been kind of quiet. Not, uh, not particularly. Again, nothing can be that noteworthy on November 24th. Other than Evansville beating Kentucky. Yeah. So let's talk NBA for a little bit and get out of here. Um, I would just like boy. to preface the NBA <laughs> by saying that the Cavs and Mavericks <laughs> canceled their game against each other this weekend. It was very unfortunate because <laughs> the Cavs were going to win really big. <laughs> okay. Sure. Let's go <clears> with okay, that. Boomer. We okay, Boomer. Um, we put up like 105 and still lost by 40-something. Yeah. Dallas, Mav, your boy looks good. Luka Doncic is an MVP caliber cal- candidate. I said it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, not going to argue with it right now. <laughs> His last five games, 26, 15, and 7, 42, 11, and 12, 35, 10, and 11, 37, and 14 against those Cavs, and then 41, 6, and 10 today against the Rockets, where we beat the Rockets by t- over 20 points. There was a let's go Mavs chain in there <laughs> in Houston. The Mavericks <laughs> are good again. I'm so happy. Yeah, I listen, but uh, you can go back and listen. I was skeptical about how good Luca could be, how much better Luca could be from last year to this year. I was wrong. I will, I will cape up to that. He's looked really, really good. And one thing I will say, at least, because I think he has a lot of comparisons to Harden. Uh, the main thing is his step back. It's uh, very much Harden esque. But I think uh, I can't remember who exactly said this, but it's the kind of thing where it looks like compared to he has certain aspects that a lot of athletes like he has certain moves, move sets by other athletes like James Harden and, and so forth. And it's almost like he does it slower and like less athletic than because he's chunky, but he's still but in a way he's actually plays better at times. Like his step back is not as fast as Harden. But it's just as efficient and it's just as like it's just, just as dis- disrespectful is the word you're looking for. Yes, <laughs> it's the changeup of the NBA. <laughs> so I mean, Dallas at this point is hopefully going to be a title contender. They're number five seed right now. It's very early in the season, but being able to already be well established in the Western seating, it's going to be powerful and getting big wins like over Houston. We've beaten Denver this season. We almost beat the Lakers. Like we've had some pretty. Uh, we beat the defending champions. We beat the Raptors. So we've had some really significant wins so far that definitely will tally up once we get towards the end, especially in a conference like the West. And so, I, I'm very happy at the moment. And so it's just riding the wave. Golden State is three and fourteen. They have the worst record in basketball. Oh, we beat Golden State by 48 points. That's That just goes to show how Luka would play probably against a college team or a G League team. That's so – they're so it's, bad. It's sad, man. It's really sad. It's not sad. It's fine. They're fine. No, I, like I would have gone with like a soft decline. But li- like they'll be back next year. Like Steph being healthy, Clay being healthy, Draymond – He's healthy now, but he's sitting out for something. <laughs> so when he comes back, when he, he's like, when I'm he not come, going out there. He said, like, "You think who you think I am?" <laughs> no, but so like, I feel like things are shaking out relatively how we thought they were. Like, Milwaukee's the best team in the East. 
the but Lakers still loads of questions about them. Correct. Boston is doing a little better than I thought they would, honestly, after losing Kyrie. But Kemba's doing well. I'm really glad that he's okay after his neck injury because um, it looked really bad. Um, but he, they said he's okay. Miami, Jesus Christ, like they play defense like Virginia kind of. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to see that in the NBA. Um, Reminder, Spoh's a good coach. Yeah, he is. Um, Toronto also being tied for second in the e- the Eastern Conference is basically a four way tie for for second with Milwaukee being on top. It's between Boston, Miami, Toronto, and Philly. They're all well, Pascal Siakam win <laughs> the most improved player in the year two years in a row. <laughs> I, it can happen. He looks like he, he's a freak, dude. He's a, he's ridiculous. I still have to buy the Pascal Siakam jersey. I promised everyone that I'd buy if the Raptors beat um, – if they beat the Golden State Warriors. So The Lakers look so good. I did, I did not expect the Lakers to look as good as they do. I think between Anthony Davis, having Kyle Kuzma step up, LeBron playing points pretty much, like throwing – like – it's working really well, a lot better than I think a lot of people thought it would. Um, Denver, like I don't hear anything about Denver, but they're in second in the West <laughs> for some reason. Because no one watches Denver play basketball. Why would you do that? I don't know. Their games but, are too late. They're after my bedtime. Yeah, Phoenix is 8-7, and seven, but they're technically a 7 seed right now. Houston is a 6 seed. Uh, Portland looks atrocious. The Trailblazers look terrible. Look Nas really is starting, bad. though. Oh, yeah. Nas is starting, and Mello's back in the league. <laughs> Hoodie Mello. Yeah, okay. Um, Listen, I legitimately miss Carmelo Anthony jogging to the mid post and turning his back to the basket. <laughs> it brought joy to my heart to see him do that again. And him also ch- using his 34-year-old knees trying to dunk on people. <laughs> I would also like to point out that this is the first time in a long time, if ever, that the Memphis Grizzlies are fun to watch. Because John Morant is so fun to watch. Unfortunately, Tyus Jones and Grayson Allen are on that team. I I can ignore that for right now because I like John Morant. But it's kind of crazy. Kobe's doing really well. He scored 28 um, last night, I think, um, where – the Bulls came back and beat the Hornets when they were down eight with t- 10 seconds left, something crazy like that. That was- ending was unbelievable. I like how the, before the um, before the shot went in, the last words on the, sh- on the Hornets broadcast were, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I imagined you saying that, Colby. I, I probably want to touch on one that. quick thing really quick. Did y'all get the uh, the article that I sent from Woj? Uh, what was it? What was so the-, the NBA is actually... Oh, oh, oh I, read, I, read, yeah. I read about that. I, yeah, I read about that. such for the season going for like the 2021 season. Yeah, I thought uh, that's super interesting. Some highlights of it is that they're reducing it from 82 games to 78 games, having somewhat of an in-season tournament. And then also reseeding teams once you get to the conference final so that you can get a better situation where the two best teams play rather than 
where it could be a situation where there could be three Western Conference teams that each lead, each has a valid reason to, to win, and they have to play each other, where you could put it in this situation where it's truly the two best teams playing in the, in the finals. And also there would be play-ins for the seven and eight seeds. And I think that's a, it's a worthy compromise to what I think was a long-standing point was reseed the entire 16 teams based upon record and such. Mm-hmm. I think this helps make it a little bit better so that you're still not worrying about certain regional things in the early rounds. And, I mean, once you get to the conference finals and the finals, it really shouldn't matter. You're going to be traveling across the country anyways. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. I'll be in. I'm more I'm interested in that whole in-season tournament thing. I don't know what kind of it, it has to have some kind of stakes. I don't I don't I don't even think home court advantage in the finals is enough like how the Right MLB now the only stakes is, Well, the MLB All-Star game doesn't anymore because they got some major criticisms about it, but right now the only stakes that it seems like it'll have is money. Which granted that is a big stake, but when you're already making a lot of money how much of a stake is that in comparison? Yeah, I think that's something that we're, we're figuring out nowadays in the NBA after that gigantic pay bump a couple years ago is that these dudes are making enough money where they're like, uh, I, I mean, I could win more money or I could sit out and have and be able to walk when I'm 60. So I don't it would. I'm interested in what a purse would have to be to to make it worth it for players to play. Yeah, because I feel like the payout would be at the magnitude of like a couple million dollars. And I don't think for the players that we really care about the effort that they give during the regular season, it's going to make a difference for them. Like, I don't know, what if it could be like maybe you get an extra player exception so you can bring in a player, like, down the road if you were trying to, like, snag a free agent in for your for a late-season push or something like that? Would it be against the cap or is it just for the, the team, basically? So I, I think just giving a team $5 million or $10 million doesn't do anything, but maybe if you allow them, they can either take that off their cap hit or something like that, or it can they can turn it into a player exception, or something along those, or a trade exception even if they want to make an all star break trade. I don't know. That's interesting because I feel like the advantage needs to be more player facing for an organization. Yes, thing. because I don't doubt that the organizations would try and make this matter from a PR perspective. I'm more worried about the players saying, why should I care about this? Why should I put my body on a line in a game that matters, that they want it to matter like the playoffs when it doesn't? I mean, you're even seeing that with the Olympics. Like, people are not wanting to play in the Olympics because no, they want to save... People are gonna- if they're going to play in the Olympics, people don't want to play in the FIBA championship. <laughs> I still I mean, think people are going to sit out for the Olympics. I don't think as many as you think. That's fair. Could there be something? I I don't think it'd take a lot or it need a lot more complexity to it or somewhere where maybe you take the bottom eight teams and that winner automatically gets either a, a, one of those seven or eight clinching games, regardless of record or something like that. 
I'm interested to see what the end proposal looks like. Yeah. I think it's about time to wrap this one up. Anything else before we get out of here? I can't, I wanted to talk about the Mandalorian, but if we don't have time, it's fine. We can talk about it next week. We can do it every two weeks. Also, I really want to watch Watchmen before bed and oh, that's I need true. to wake up in the morning. <laughs> You're fun employed. Um, not anymore. Oh, did you start already? Slash, when do you start? Tomorrow morning. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. So, and I have a drive to Durham, which, uh, <laughs> not for long, though. All right, would anyone else like to try the outro today, or should I get back to <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, you can That's take this you, one. <laughs> well, if you want to find us, you can do that at tinyurl.com slash varsity. Leave us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes, anything you like or didn't like. Be sure to let us know via our Twitter at NeverMadePod. Thank you to David Cutter for the music. Thank you to Aaron for editing. No problem, and, buddy. And we'll talk to you all next week. <laughs> it is the way. This is the way.